Welcome to One Leg Up, where we discuss how you can deliver the very best customer experience and how you can achieve zero marketing waste. I'm Ed Davis, the Chief Operations Ninja here at One Leg, and today Vic and I are going to discuss one of the hottest topics raging in home improvement right now, the one-call close. Before we do, Vic, as ever, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you, Ed. How are you? How's Texas? It's hot. It's not on fire like it is there in California, but you know it seemingly is just as hot. Um, thank you for that. Vic, you've been in home improvement for a really long time. You've worked with a number of organizations. Before we get into the 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 idea, you know, fully the idea, the pluses and minuses of the the one call close, how ingrained is this concept within the industry? And where does that concept actually come from? Well, it, it's not only in home improvement. I think there's many industries that that embrace this concept. Many companies that do. Sure. Many companies don't. Um, over the years, you know, there's 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 been this debate, and it's continuing to rage on. Uh, but I think now, you know, it's time to call a winner, and there there is a winner. Um, in terms of the history, you know, uh, the one called close was really born about by by the fact that you know many years ago, before the information age that we live in now, before the internet. Right before your ability to be able to go and purchase items and, and research them with your mobile device, people you know live in, in 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 small communities, and the only way that they would be able to go and find out about goods and services would be with traveling salespeople, going around to you know town to town, knocking on doors, not you know uh, doing presentations or demos. Uh, they'd have a you know uh, if it was a horse drawn you know carriage, uh, you know to. Uh, maybe, you know, in the 50s and 60s, when you, you had traveling salespeople in the back of their car, they had these vacuum cleaners. Um, it, really, encyclopedias. It, I remember the encyclopedia it, guy right? coming to the door. Yeah, correct. And and, and, and really, when you're traveling, you, you don't want to be like keeping your, your product in the back of your trunk and then going back to headquarters, you know, trying to explain to your manager why you didn't, you know, why, don't you, why you, you didn't sell every single one of those those products that you've been lugging along throughout. So they really, I think this was born out of um, just, you know what, it just necessity, makes sense. Necessity, right? Nece- yeah, yeah, necessity. To, to them, it just made sense. Look, I'm not coming back. It's very transactional. I'm not here to build any relationship. You, you have no choice other than to to listen to what I have to say if I'm the salesperson. And all this information, you know, very hard for you to verify. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go make sure that on on that particular engagement, you buy. You, I'm going to close. I'm going to go and sell something. And and the consumers really didn't have until, again, you know, now the difference is, you know, um, if somebody said something to you, you could literally go, you know, to your since phone. Since check that. Uh, since check that. Yeah, go to Wikipedia, go to Google, and, and it'll tell you. Right, whether you're, 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 what you're being told is 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 the truth or not. Um, so I, I think that's really where the history comes from. It's, it, cool. it comes from the, a point where uh, people didn't have choices and access, and access. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And as with everything, there's always going to be pluses and minuses, right? And on the plus side, of course, just as you've talked about, if someone is a if a salesperson is adept at a one call close. It is super efficient for the home improvement company uh, and for the customer, assuming the salesperson is being honest, they get all their questions answered, they get the negotiations out of the way, and ultimately, very quickly, they can get into their project and get that done. And that's a benefit, right? Because we are a society now that's increasingly in the hurry, in a hurry. But at one leg, of course, we are building our organization on the idea that everything is meant to be challenged. 
for the betterment of what is best for the customer, right? And in this instance, I think that when you have the, 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 the mindset of a one-call close ingrained in your sales team within a home improvement organization specifically, and, and as you've talked about previously, you know, it, it's not just home improvement. It's, it's in a lot of industries, but we're talking about home improvement because that's where most of our customers come from. But when you have that mindset, it's got a ton of drawbacks nowadays. And I don't think that uh, homeowner or home improvement company owners actually think about them. I think, you know, you talk about in some of the mastermind stuff that we'll, we'll, that we put out recently about lead addiction and things along those lines. And that's really where it's born from. So let's talk about the two or three major drawbacks we see as an organization uh, to the one call close concept, if, if we might. Right. And so, so at the very top of the list, what do you think is the biggest, one of the biggest drawbacks? Yeah. And, and I, I wouldn't even, I, I will say that, you know, I, I, I take a, a more dimmer view of this, that it's not just a drawback, but it, it really destroys, you know, the concepts that, you know, um, you could call the best practices or what would be appropriate for this day and age. Uh, I would even, you know, go as far as just saying that the one called close is inappropriate because of all the elements um, that it, you know, um, forces you to do, which, you know, kills relationships and all of these things. And I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, if I were to go and just pick on random, you know, something that I would say stands out quickly in my brain right now, um, it would be the fact that it, it really is unrealistic. And it, it's really, I, I wouldn't even call it a philosophy uh, at this point. You know, it, it's really just this, you know, um, uh, methodology that's so archaic that, you know, you, that, that people continue to train on so-called sales gurus and organizations. And they peddle this because this is how they make their money, right? Through sales training programs. Um, and, and, and the problem with this is that they're perpetuating, you know, basically this concept or this philosophy that was appropriate maybe 50 years ago to some degree. And it's just, not the same now. It's it, it's basically operating, you know, in nineteen fifties America um, mm. when you're in twenty twenty one, and we, we we all know that there are it's that the world has changed, America has changed. The things that you could do in nineteen fifties, I mean, you're going to get into trouble if you did some of them now, right? Sure. And and I think a lot of companies are 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 getting into trouble because of that. They've been getting into trouble for many years. It's just it's time now to to take a stand and, and, and get away from it. Um, when when you have a one call closing uh, program or mindset or philosophy, what you're really saying is I'm going to ignore all the data, all the things that are pointing to a much better customer experience or user journey. And you're basically saying the consumer is not important. I don't care what the market says. I don't care what the consumer thinks or what they experience. What is important are my goals. Right. And we've seen how uh, companies who take this very dim view um, and, and a very narrow view of, of the world, how they've either come crashing down or they've shut their doors over the years because Again, you know, uh, it's it's good to 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 think that you can monopolize a market, but uh, nowadays it's a consumer market. Consumers have so many choices. Uh, the experience is of paramount importance, and you've seen that 
on how companies like Google and Apple have come up with updates to sure. to, to really be an advocate for the consumer. And I think the one cold close, um, if it was ever alive, it should just die immediately, and and you shouldn't you shouldn't use it anymore. Fair enough. And so I think the yes, but I think the you know the more I think the harder realization people need to come to grips with and you know you and I have this ongoing debate and and you come from this world and home improvement of sales and call centers and and structure and and honestly one call close concepts right I come from you know a, an agency background where the agencies that I've worked with you know brand was paramount brand reputation was paramount relationship that you build with your clients or your customers is paramount and so you know i think that's that's a really interesting balance that we bring and when we and it's funny to me when we talk to some of our prospective clients you can talk to them about sales you can talk to them about marketing and advertising the minute you start talking about brand eyes start to glaze over and you know they 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 rarely do they really consider that as one of the things that they need to preserve one of the things that they need to protect one of the things that needs to be foremost in the front of their mind when they go out and engage the community but to me you know you give your reasons you know some your prime reason why it should go away to me the prime reason is it's a brand killer right and we talked about this with canvassing also uh, a couple episodes ago, but a one call close, especially in the hands of a goal driven, quota driven salesperson, it 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 sets up your business for failure from the standpoint of think about if you get a bad review as a home improvement organization. We, we, we really should do a survey of this because this is just my gut feel. But the vast majority of our clients, when we see that they get bad reviews, it almost always, 80% of the time or more, is because the salesperson, right? The salesperson was hard tactics. The salesperson wouldn't leave my house. The salesperson told me, told me this, but in actuality, I got that. The salesperson didn't give me the right pricing. The salesperson wouldn't do this. So, so, so to me, while that is detrimental because it starts to bring down your, your social proof, your, 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 your ability to say, Hey, I'm a great company. I translate that into brand degradation. And, and, and I think more and more home improvement companies, smaller ones, the big ones certainly do, right? That the mega brands that you see their logos and stuff and Home Depot and Lowe's and stuff like that, they're absolutely thinking about their brand. But it's the smaller, it's those, you know, the half million dollar, you know, air HVAC contractor in, you know, that little town in Iowa. It's it's the $10 million window company in Florida. Those people need to be thinking about their brand just as important, just as much as any of those big, big box Fortune 500 companies that think about their brand. Because if they don't, they will. You add that bid in the fact that it isn't as efficient as people might think that it is. The fact that people have all this uh, access to information, 
you'll find yourself out of business really quick. Or, 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 or you'll just get, um, you know, dominated. And, and the reality is that, again, you just put it this way, right? 1950s mindset, you know, thinking about it from, you know, in a way where a lot of companies have stopped, have, have really, you know, not been thinking about people have a phone in their hand and I can research you really quick and figure yeah. out. And, and it only takes two seconds for me to see one bad review about a salesperson. I'm not going to quantify that because I'm lazy and I'm bombarded with so much info and I want something quick. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on to a different company, right? It all, all takes that one bad review. Um, and it happens to be the thing that I saw about the experience with the salesperson. Um, and I think, again, I, I want to put this in context as well. This is a leadership and a management issue or a yeah. training issue. It is not a salesperson issue. Salespeople are caught in the, in, in, at the crosshairs of this. They, they're, they're really, you know, uh, uh, collateral. You know, they're, they're experiencing the collateral damage of what I would, I would say, uh, being from this industry, you know, if you're not evolving and you're not, you know, changing with the times and you're not, you know, improving on that, that is born out of laziness and ego, right? Because in your, in, again, I'm going to bring it to this concept, to this philosophy. What you're saying is, uh, this is this is more important than me looking at the data that shows that um, if, if you look at the studies, because there have been studies that have been sure. done over the years here, um, for example, um, in, in 2018, Google launched a huge study across the country, the few, you know, um, and, and what they found was, you know, across the nation, 96% of training um, it, uh, basically goes to waste. And a lot of it was based on, on sales, for example, um, because one, it's never quantified. I mean, just think about this, right? The people that they're so-called sales gurus, they're not scientists, they're not researchers. None of their pneumatic, you know, three-step, eight-step programs have ever been put through the ringer of research or, um, or studies or scientific, you know, empirical-based um, methodology. So everything that they're really trying to teach, right, um, is, is based on assumptive, you know, kind of homegrown experiences that cannot be replicated and cannot be backed, right? And then you look at the data, right? So every year they come up with, you know, the, the, the home improvement sales and demand and marketing. And you'll see that, you know, marketing outweighs sales by over eight you know, 8x, for example, right? There's 8x being spent on marketing than there are actual revenue being generated each year from sales and home improvement. That simply tells you that there's no way to do a one call close effectively because it, it's, it's the fact is people cannot make that decision or they just won't make that decision right on the spot. And it does take some time. And there are people, you know, when you generate marketing, those, those are mostly curious they're not necessarily serious right and we sure. coined this term many times now um and i think really it's it's it, I, I like the fact that you you brought in this this brand side there's this misnomer that oh in b2b it's acceptable to have follow-ups because the sales cycle is different when yep. you're dealing with humans people can't either way that yep either way humans are humans whether it's b2b or b2c or dealing with a decision maker and the reality is it, it when home improvement you know, depending on the product, but average tickets could go from, you know, 2,500 bucks in HVAC to, to $30,000 in a bath or a kitchen, for example. People just don't make those decisions because you made a presentation and you followed eight steps and now you're asking for their, for the order and, and, and okay, yeah, that's that you're going to make that decision just because I did the presentation based on this philosophy. I don't think so. And it's just never happened. Yeah. 
no, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly there. So then let, let, let's make the final point, right? And so you, I, I love the way that you're protective of, of salespeople and you've put a lot of this, the idea, the concept of a one call close right at management's feet, which, which I love, right? I'm, I'm damn the man got kind of guy. So I think the other thing too, that, that people need to think about at least internally if you do have a one call close mentality, a mindset as an organization, what is that doing to your what is that doing to your sales team? What is that doing to your call center? Right. To me, it it sets unrealistic goals. Uh, your attrition is going to be probably higher than you'd like. And and so there's there's knock on costs that you're probably not necessarily accounting for. If if you are sitting there looking at your your analytics and it says well that guy or that person closes you know the one call close concept a third of the time that other person is a tenth of the time and you go and get the the the, the natural law of averages you're you're constantly going to be turning over a certain number of your salespeople because they're just not going to perform and if you're doing that you're constantly having to train them you're constantly having to get them up uh you know, up to speed on things. What is that doing to your organization's morale? What is that doing to your organizational resources that you could actually put into building those individual relationships with homeowners in your community and growing your business in a more deliberate fashion that has benefit for the homeowner and the customer, has benefit for you as an organization? Because you will still make the close. In fact, you'll probably make a higher number of closes because of the of that approach, and oh by the way, the the the, the dark little thing that you don't really want to talk about, your brand is going to flourish in that because people are going to say, "I loved my experience with that company. They treated me like a human being. I wasn't. They. I don't feel like they were just trying to generate an invoice for, to to me. Um, I appreciated that experience, or I, I like what it is that they're doing in my community, and I fully endorse that. So, I think that's the third thing that people really don't think about is what you're actually putting your sales and, and your marketing teams through when that's your mindset. And, and you know, I, I make this analogy where ideas versus beliefs. And, and, and it's not bad to have ideas because ideas could change and, and ideas could spur other great things. And so you could have an idea, a goal as, you know, as a salient as, I'd like to get a sale today, but I'm probably not going to and all the data points out. We have an idea. But beliefs are hard to break. And, and you sure. think about how beliefs in terms of religion, right? I mean, you could go to someone who's a Catholic and you could make the, the most scientific, you know, um, argument that's backed by science and everything else that says, hey, this is a better religion, for example. It's not going to do you any good because a belief is hard to break. And you basically just follow that blindly through faith. And, 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 and if an organization kind of has this religion of one cold close, everything goes out the window, even though there's science, there's data and all of that stuff, because you, you are, you're basically going on blind faith. So that's one, right? I'd rather have an idea of it rather than a belief, which a lot of organizations, that's their sure. belief, one call close. Two, it's interesting how I, I like the way that you, 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 you put that, you know, with regards to how the relationships are with, with, with salespeople. And, and really what you're, you're doing is you're, you're training them not to go and and see the relationship that they can build and the blue ocean of opportunity 
that they're missing on because let's face it, that is what they're held accountable to. Um, you know, in, in this industry, it's not unusual to see 10 to 20 percent, you know, net closing ratios, which means 80 to 90 percent of the time they're not selling on the first call on the first visit. But yet salespeople are 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 compelled to basically just go to the next client, the next client, because they're chasing that one that that belief. Right. And they're being held accountable to that. And so the 80, 90 percent of the people that they're not selling, they it, it's almost like, well, I'm not trained to follow up. I'm trained to close. Right. You see. Um, and, and I think this this concept that I uh, that I kind of thought about was companies who have a one call close, they're trying to do more with less instead of doing more. Sure. With more. And that really should be the shift here is that you're trying to do. You're trying a one call close. I'm trying to get my 19% closer to 20%, that 1%. And, and, and it's infinitely harder to do that. Whereas if they focused on the 80-90% of the of the customers that don't call close in the first visit uh, or in the first call, they'd have a bigger opportunity to increase their aggregate close rates, right? And their relationships with clients. So I really think that. At the end of the day, attrition rates that you talked about, whether you're 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 closing on appointments, demos, or sales, you know, or you know, selling your product, your services, um, it it it's hard enough to be in sales, and and we can all agree that you know, without the one call close, attrition rates in in sales positions are are already high. Um, I think it's an element that just exacerbates and 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 kind of perpetuates a vicious cycle. Um, and it, it needs to stop. It needs to go away. And I think that salespeople would actually stay in their positions, be happier when they are actually being trained to go and do what they do best, which is really build relationships. Because yep. salespeople, good ones and the ones who are learning to be good, they happen to stay in sales and be in sales because they're people, you know, they're people oriented. You know, they love people. You know, uh, the the one called close simply you know, destroys any of that opportunity. And, and I think it's, 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 it's an opposite to the, uh, you know, you could call it the, the uh, personality of a, of a salesperson who, who really wants to build a relationship, who wants you to think in longer terms, aside from that two, three hour window that they have with the client. Sure. Right. Well, that's, this is, this is stimulating. I have a feeling this is going to come up uh, as a topic of, of this podcast, certainly our blog, uh, on a more frequent basis. Um, and, but we're gonna, we're gonna park this conversation right here today and that's it for us. We hope you've enjoyed our chat and learned a couple things. As always, we here at one leg believe poor marketing pollutes the planet and the business is full of tired, outdated, indistinct, unremarkable and underperforming marketing that sucks. But what sucks even more that many companies have forgotten the most important thing of all, the customer. We're on a mission on behalf of our clients' customers to change that. To learn more, go to zeromarketingwaste.com where you can subscribe to our blog and this very podcast. You can also find us and follow us by looking for the Flamingo and the One Leg Handle wherever you socialize online. Thank you, everybody. Talk to you next time.